Okay, welcome to another episode of Peace Off, brought to you by FantasySkiRacer.com, Shred and Sly Tech. Will, this is a privilege this week for this episode. Um, our guest is in the studio. I think it's the, it's the first time for Peace Off that we have the guest in studio and a guest like this. So uh, we are here joined with joined by Phil McNichol. So Phil, how how you doing? I'm ex- I'm doing great, and I'm excited to be right here, pissed off. I mean, or pissed off in the, in the studio. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Which is, by the way, in Sun Valley, Idaho. <laughs> Catch him, yeah. To be specific, uh, now Powder Mountain, USA. You know, we're just getting dumped on here in Sun Valley. So absolutely, I've had uh, three phone calls this week from Eastern programs wondering what's going on out here because they are getting out of Dodge. Yeah. Well, no, it's nice to see the snow coming down yet again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got another big week ahead of us. Powski's getting a lot of use. Well, t- talking about a big week, uh, Valgar Dana yep. uh, going on right now, and, and then uh, we get to go to the Grand Riza in Alta Badia and check out some GS, some Parallel, and, mm-hmm. and then into into Madonna. So, yep. And uh, don't forget the women are in Val d'Isere right now. Yeah, the, the women are in Val d'Isere. So it seems like um, not much snow in the region right now, um, but uh, the race hills are, are good looking great everything's passing snow control so hey count on those euros and their and their strong racing traditions to pull it off uh, the magicians this is last year it wasn't i think there was only about uh 75 to 90 hours of snow making temperatures in the month of december south of the of the brenner last year <clears throat> and madonna got pulled off and um val gardena pulled that off and, and yet again this year so they're really they understand how to how to throw all their resources at at getting a World Cup off when the when the cows and the sheep are still, you know, on the other side of the fence looking in. What is, is that an extra set of bee net? How do, how do you keep them out? Do we yeah, do yeah. they? <laughs> they do. Well, I think there's. I think the bob wire is not too far from the bee net anyway, so it all kind of works out. Right. So you got that going for you. <laughs> <laughs> so Phil, I, we go and we lead into. I don't know what you think, but in my opinion, the best GSL in the world, the Grand Riza and Alta Badia. Yeah, Alta, you know, Alta Badia um, is the Mac Daddy GS. I mean, um, Alta Badia and, and Switzerland is also, I think, um, kind of the other big GS. But this is really uh, something special, probably the, probably the most challenging and, and demanding giant slalom track out there. Mm-hmm. What uh, what goes into... It seems like their surface is always awesome. Do you, you know kind of the behind the scenes of how they how they create that that awesome snow surface in Alta Badia. Can you, can you touch, touch on that a little bit for us? Yeah. Um, it, it, the, the track is usually quite good there. They've got a great team and a great tradition of, of putting on that world cup. Um, so, you know, they know what they're doing and, 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 and year after year, they seem to, they seem to get it right. I've only, we've only been there, I think once or once or twice where things went a little bit funny in general, that was, it's, Super icy, super hard, well done, um, a lot of train, steep, and, you know, for, for many, many years, at least when I was coaching, the, the Italians um, got the train on that hill. They, they really, you know, dominated there when Blardoni was at his, at his prime and Schiapati and, and uh, Simoncelli and that crew, you know, just, it was, uh, yeah, it's a hell of a, hell of a hill. What, uh, what do you see as the keys, you know, to the hill to be fast there? Um... You know, I think you watched the years that Paulander won. Uh, I think he won three years in a row before Ted's reign a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, always went in the bottom split. 
Um, what else are keys for you in that GS to, to be successful? Um, the the Grand Breeze is in Giant Psalm is kind of like um, like the Lobberhorn in Downhill. I mean, it's it's the classic. It has everything. So you know, you don't. It's not just about managing uh, the steep section. Um, you have this, you know, the back and forth, uh, lots of big uh, train or, or direction changes above uh, on the top part of the course. So you'll see that's a hill where, um, in a much grander sense, no pun intended, like Solden, you need to be really quick um, right out of the box, and you need to really transition on the flats to win the race. And in the steeps, you can only you can lose it there. And this is like. Ultimately, to a great extent. I mean, you just don't want to lose the race. <laughs> you know, hanging on for dear life down that steep. But, you know, if you watch splits over time, I mean, the first split or two, because right out of the gate, I want to say within the first 35 seconds, you tra- you change direction. Um, you know, I wouldn't say 90 degrees, but damn near 90 degree turns in the trail one, two, three, you know, 40 seconds into the course. Wow. And so those early splits really matter. <clears throat> and then it's just a, you know, it's a game of attrition on the, on the pitch. But like you, like you already said earlier, that, that um, where, you, where you come out on the flat, that's where guys, that's where, you know, um, a good GS gear still has their legs and still understands, you know, how to bring the speed from the steep across that bottom and, and can win. And, and a lot of the, you know, the guys that win there, you know, they're not, Rare is it just a, a fluke deal. You know, it's a, it's a it's a pretty dominant GS skier that does well there. Um, I mean, you saw, you know, Thomas Grande won, you know, I think one or two of his three World Cups he won there. I wouldn't say it was a fluke. He was, he had a good equipment, you know, situation going on at that time. But um, he's always, he was always such a, you know, mature, strong GS skier. Like those are the guys that shine there because it's, it's kind of the textbook, got everything, need to have it all. GS track. And it certainly makes it a little bit easier to make your picks that that this week then. <laughs> exactly. Like, do you have any good Bodie stories from Multimedia or Darren or, or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I've got a great Bodie story. I mean, one of my first times um, uh, at Altabadia, I was running the Europa Cup team at the time. And um, we had a, um, we had done a Europa Cup and then we were we were running. We were in town to do a FIS Super G uh, on the Val Gardena track after the World Cup, and obviously the World Cup had moved over, and uh, so we had the opportunity to sneak over and catch the second run. And this was this would have had to have been right around two thousand, you know, two th- I think it was two thousand, two thousand and one. You know, mm-hmm. Bodie was uh, already on Fisher. Um, he was making his move right. Uh, it was a year or so before I took over as head coach, and um, he uh, he won the first the first run. We showed up for the second run. And it was like you know Bodie's in the lead. We're all fired up. And, you know, American hasn't won there since whatever the mares are somewhere down in the early eighties, and uh, he won by like one point four something, one point three. It was an unbelievable margin. And so we pile into the finish. We're super stoked. You know the whole crew's there and. He kicks out of the start like he had about eight seconds to make up. And, um, <laughs> Love it. And, um, you know, he hit every split. You know, it was like, you know, 
he went from whatever one you know one point whatever up to one point four one point eight you know it was just amassing this huge margin and he was ripping just arc to arc just like so intense and just an arc right into the fence you know, <laughs> you know like like 45 by that third split through those turns i mean there you know again the trail changes you need to give up a little bit you need to be tactically and Bodie was just he didn't want to give up one iota of a turn you know he was on rail hauling ass we were looking at the big screen of the body ready for him to come around the corner you know down the pitch and win this race by some you know ridiculous margin and uh you know in in true ultimate style he was just he wanted he wanted to win by he looked like he was trying to make up you know like i said four or five seconds or he was trying to win by five or six seconds i don't know but he was he flew he he laid one arc and just it didn't stop till it was in the red room (laughs) <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty well, special has he won yeah yeah he won in Alta Badia uh, a number of times he won his first when um, so it was uh, 04 he won the giant his first glo- globe was a was a giant Psalm yeah globe um, and that year he won um, <clears throat> so I'm just trying to remember I'm pretty sure he won Alta Badia uh, or, or Alta, yeah, uh, Adelboden as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it might have been Psalm. I know, like, because they, they do this wild thing there now where you put your, you know, I think it's your feet or something, or your, yeah, a cast of your feet in this uh, wall or something at, <clears throat> uh, I remember towards the end of my career, they were trying to, they were trying to scoop up all the, all these past and, and current winners to get um, uh, immortalized in this, like, st- you know, statue or, whatever the heck it was. And Islam or GS, I can't remember. I think it was GS. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure he won maybe both. <clears throat> but anyhow, yeah, I'll to be a super cool GSL. So again, it's, it's exciting. That's the one to, one to win as like a, as a GS. Kid. So, some races you get a reindeer, other races you get a, a, a gondola with your name on it. Altabidia feet, no, not Adelboden in Switzerland, <laughs> not Alta Badia. The, oh, the, the other big GS hill. But, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I don't yeah. know what the tradition is for that. Like, uh, what what you what what you walk away with in terms of a um, a super cool memento or something. I mean, Alta Badia is. Uh, I think there's a the, part of their trophy is a is a chunk of dolomite rock, which is pretty cool. It is a it is a you know a pretty impressive piece of. Uh, piece of the central european alps well it's funny i i have a i have a great story <clears throat> oh do you I, yeah and it's uh it's do, from please Alt- do tell it's from altabadia actually philly you you pulled me up up to the big leagues for the first time a, a 19 year old kid from schweitzer and uh i was i was super nervous but the the day the morning of the race my roommate uh jimmy cochran he's uh he's checking out my footbeds and <laughs> i bet he was <laughs> And uh, I had uh-huh. I had an extra pair of these these awesome footbeds and uh, and and Jimmy and I have the same size feet and he's like hey Will you you mind if I uh, you mind if I throw these in my boots today and I'm like well Jimmy we're we're racing a World Cup today I mean you've never even tried he's like yeah no I'll, I'll try them on training and and one thing that's awesome about Altavadia is the training slope they usually prepare about the exact same as the race hill. Oh, and cool. uh, they try to do that everywhere, but they do a very good job there uh, when it's good snow conditions. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy, Jimmy goes in the morning and skis on, <laughs> skis on my footbeds. <laughs> you know, custom footbeds made for my feet. But uh, anyways, he ends up racing 
the race on my footbeds. And I, like, my first World Cup, I, I, I just remember sitting in the starting gate, seeing the camera flash in front of me and going, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> but, but It's so, just a short little GSO. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, you'll be a straight, like, jaw drop. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's, an, intense, it's an intense GSO. But, uh, but I, so I go out. But anyways, I'm standing on the side of the hill, and I see Jimmy, who actually starts behind me. Uh, his GS points had gone way up that season, and so he, he had said, nothing to lose. He, any any footbed would be would have been good. Yeah, he <laughs> he uh, he comes and I was like ripping down, and I'm like, wow, he looked good. He ends up eighth in the race, <laughs> had career best GS result on my footbeds, so, <laughs> and he raced on my footbeds the rest of the season. Well, yeah, he, you couldn't you couldn't like justify taking him back at that point like, okay, okay so yeah i think he actually still has the, the a pair of my footbeds i don't know if he uses them anymore but. did, you, did surprised. you continue to mold his footbeds for him for the rest of his career <laughs> no no i don't think so maybe, maybe that's something jimmy wants to go revisit <laughs> but what i what i'm i'm pretty like um stunned right now is this parallel event a couple of days later up there i mean are they running this parallel on the same race hill yeah, uh, it's, it's the day. That in? It's the day after, um, you know, and and I and I can't say I'm not there, and I've been I've been I've been searching for a lot of information. So it's it's going to be a shortened GS. They're uh-huh. not going to do parallel. This is a type of hill um, you couldn't put two GSs side by side um, for a majority of the course until you get a, kind of a round uh, off of the steep pitch and you start to round this dog leg. So what I've been told is they're they're they've cut into the trail there and they're building a start and it's going to be a short you know forty five second um, GS race on the lower third I would call it that's quarter know, spectator of the, uh, friendly yeah no it's wonderful the bottom the the bottom of Altabadia really actually opens up into a right. cool flat with with nice terrain I mean it's really cool watching the the slum that has been there before it's fun to run down there so I can see it being a a good atmosphere and a, and a good hill for that parallel for sure yeah i mean like this i mean this is a definitely a new concept a newer concept and and you know most like we're there's increasing amount of night slaloms now um you know fist obviously kind of pulling its head out to kind of make this more of a spectator friendly sport for people because i mean you know you get out of work you get to watch it on tv higher ratings etc etc but like you know, it wasn't. There was something that kind of came before this that kind of embodied this in, in a little bit more. And I mean, I remember when you had your first rock fest, talking about how like, oh, we're stripping down all these, you know, these rules and these walls, and we're kind of making it this open kind of um, more of an athletic, dis- like, like what do you, what do you like, featured event kind of, kind of something where, you know, it. it you take the racers out of a out of its uh, out of this this context of just watching splits, and now you kind of put them mano a mano, and it's a little bit more of um you know visually for for especially for people who are only a moderate moderately into racing. I mean, it's pretty easy for them to understand just how uh, fantastic the sport really is when you put them up against each other. I mean, you know, where do you think that? Um, Fist is kind of generating these ideas. I mean, I have to believe that, you know, they probably looked at your idea to begin with and just said, well, um, that seemed to work. Let's... Yeah, I mean, the Rockfest has been, <clears throat> it's been a great project trying to, you know, our motto has always been, um, you know, for the athletes, by the athletes, you know, almost produced 
and and um, and performing, uh, you know, together. So, <clears throat> and it, the, the fist has been trying real hard, and I yeah. and I hope they've been, you know, paying attention. We've, de- you know, we've we tried to bring some new facets back. I mean, simple rule, simple goals. I mean, if you've been around World Cup for a while, you go like, why is why is the television coverage so bad? Mm. Like, you know, and because it's hard, it's hard to film the steepness, capture the speed, the intensity that's going on. So. You know, we did some crazy stuff with, you know, like a 20 meter boom camera, you know, allowed the camera to come right into the track. So basically at chest level and then raise the camera on the steepest part of the course, you know, like uh, a panel mm-hmm. away from when the racer comes in and right. then and then drop it in behind. And so you can, you know, basically tilt the camera at the actual pitch. Yeah. And, you know, the cable camera, which had been used. I remember the nationals at Winter Park, you know, we had a while there where we, you know, we cable cameras were trying to go up but the technology today i mean the drones and stuff are great i mean and, and then you see this the world championships boom we got a cable camera you know we got mm-hmm. drones flying at the world championships in in uh in schladming and i think that you know we pushed that we pushed on that a little bit um because the technology is there and yeah we we ran the cable right over the skiers mm-hmm. you know like again <clears throat> i remember in my days coaching just just to get the cable that supports that red bull arch approved took two seasons you know um and at the end of the day i mean the question needs to be you know wait a second i mean if if this is what funds the sport you know put 50 of them up you know just be right. like going through one arch after the other all the way down the hill if, if you can empower uh the venue to make some money and some of that mo- when therefore increase the prize money to come to the athletes and in this whole economic cycle so I don't know. I mean, it's. I think parallel is great. It's kind of funny, you know. There's no school like the old school. Right. So you know, we're back. You know, back to the future, so to speak. You know, pro racing, <clears throat> which had a you know its heyday and a good run. And um, I think now that the team event, you know, it's taken a while to shuffle the team event. Like when the first when the team event first came out, ooh, around oh five oh you know just after the oh six Olympics, and it was like a hybrid event you know you had the short super g and this and a, and a gs uh yeah. and you had to, they were trying to do this funky deal with you know how you picked who was going to run and it was very confusing and whatnot but they were trying but again uh the fist gets hung up purely on format mm-hmm. you know like because that's the only thing how can we tinker with the format still within some type of rules and some type of world cup point strata and and the construct of the federations and all of this minutia, right? Where, you know, I think format format is, you know, like when we went into this this promotional activity at the Rock Fest, it was like, you know, people would always ask me, how come it's not, you know, you should do, you know, uh, sprint super G or you should do, you know, uh, uh, parallel slalom or this and I was like, you know what, <laughs> I can care less. I mean, I love right. ski racing as long as the surface is appropriate, yeah, and it's authentic. You know, yeah. and we can manage it for TV, and you can really see, you know, because we did the sprint format, which now, if you look in the FIS rulebooks, we they have only ex- exercised this at the at the Europa Cup, but now they have, you know, a sanctioned sprint format, which again I believe came from this idea because lots of short little runs where you have basically, a, um, and they tried something to this. If you remember when Bodie won this uh, this event that they had in Madonna. No, no, in um, uh, Sestriere. 
uh, 04-ish, 03 maybe, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it was Madonna. Or, it wasn't Madonna. That no, night I think it was Sestriere. Was it was it was a knockout deal because I remember I was in the Europa Cup and uh, um, Drasic was a really hot you know slalom skier out of uh, Slovenia, mm-hmm. and he was winning the the Europa Cup slalom uh, deal at the time. It was ahead, <clears throat> and so they took the top ranked Europa Cup guy. He got this berth into this this uh, knockoff race. So it wasn't side by side, but it basically the the 30th competitor's time was compared against the first. So they weren't side by side, but it was a knockout time. Oh, and then, right. they, then, they, then they went down, okay, right? So 29 second, 28, you know, they just compared as they, as they did this normal uh, short course. Yeah, you hate to be in 15th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, they kept cutting it down and then you'd have more runs. I want to say Bodie ended up doing like six runs. As he advanced through, and he didn't need to win the last one, or somehow, however that worked, but he crushed this poor kid the first go. And we were in uh, Oberigen the next day. He came bounced back to the Europa Cup, and he was moping around like he had just, you know, been, you know, <laughs> just dressed, just dressed down like you wouldn't believe. And I was like, <laughs> "Guys, winning World Cups, you know, you know." He ended up being on the podium that day in the Europa Cup. He's a he's a great skier, but uh, needed it. I I. I I, I wander. I mean, it's. Uh, the, I love the. I love the parallel concept. Mm-hmm. I love that the fist is trying to be. Um, the, whether you agree with sport being entertainment or not, um, at the highest professional level, it needs to be if it's going to be an economically driven model. Right. And the fist is only recently starting to dabble in the entertainment value of their products. Um, hopefully, we see more of this. I mean, the Rock Fest was a was a was a great. Attempt in a very challenging marketplace. Yeah, <clears throat> but this, you know, now they've kind of latched on the parallel. You know, team event in the Olympics, team event. They finally took you know six years to shuffle out that format, and that's pretty cool. I mean, at the World Championships, it was one of the most exciting, exciting events going. It, like I said, it's in the Olympics now. I mean, so you're going to see parallel, parallel grow. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot more. There's a lot more room to go beyond formats, tweak formats. You know, reduce the 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 overburdening of the rules, jack the prize money way up, make it about the athletes, mm-hmm. really promote them, so so they can actually we can attract and keep and retain more um, because it's it's economically viable for them, all those types of things. And so, I, well, it's it's interesting. Like you, you touch base on this because we're sitting here trying to explain how cool this GS Hill is. And, and, and visually, you can't see it on television. But if, right. if you're at the base of this or in the gondola going up to this, you know, majestic uh, GS Good Hill. Good adjective. I like it, it is, it is, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. and, and, and you're, you're riding this gondola going, wow. And the fist needs to find a way to get the wow to the viewers. And, 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 and it, not just visually, but... I want to see heart rate monitors on these guys. Sure. Uh, like, I want to know what Ted Ligny's heart rate is before he kicks out of a GS. If how if it's pumping or if he can stay it calm, and if it before uh, before you know Steve Nyman goes off the camels and Groden is is his heart rate spiking? Like, is he like whoa, or is it is he calm? You know, and I think every athlete would be different and. And stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of visuals that we can add to the sport to make right. it more... Not just looking at is the is the green or red on the corner of the screen. <laughs> yeah. You know. But it, it, it's it's funny, and I and I understand that 
you know, uh, alpine ski racing is the most purest form of winter sport in, or snow sports because, I mean, you know, freestyle, et cetera, it's, it's all judged, right? So this is like the one way, you know, it, the, the clock don't lie, you know. But at the same time, I mean, economics uh, is going to drive the future of a lot of these things, right? I mean, every ski program in the country is a nonprofit that's fundraising every year to support itself. And, you know, if, if that's the case, viewership is going to bring in sponsorship and therefore you're going to bring in more dough and how you just can't start from that perspective and then worry about that format minutia afterwards. Um, you know, that really needs to be a change in perspective or, or our ideology at FIST right now because, you know, I love these events because it, it just, you know, I, I talk to, you know, cousins or uncles or whatever in different sides of the countries that are don't even ski that are like hey did you watch that thing on nbc sports the other day it was that 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 night duel thing it was so cool who's this kid ted ligety you know and and you know it's you know you want to go on and explain it but they already have their own a new idea and perspective of it so it's like oh cool well now we at least have common ground with my uncle who plays golf in florida every week you know great <laughs> yeah. and i guess you know moving to to the environment, let's let's touch base here on Madonna di Campiglio a little bit, and I want to get your take on on this uh, unbelievable song, Hill. Uh, there, Phil, what what do you think of Madonna, the night song, and and your experiences there? Uh, again, I mean, it's the 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 South Tyrol and and Italian uh, World Cup that goes on from uh, you know mid December till Christmas is a special time yeah you know all the you know like if you go if you just walk through the venues i mean like what's what's not great on the men's side anyways because you know you're there with val gardena and the shaz lot you know uh um and the shaz long you know uh unbelievable uh speed track best gs hill in the in in uh, around then you have bormio uh okay now they have that's kind of in question the last couple of years sata canaria is kind of taken over on that but Bormio is you know another epic hill and then Madonna is you know uh, an iconic one of the first World Cups I mean cl truly a club five I mean now it's like club five is like the the G8 you know mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I want to say there's what like 20 you know 15 World Cup sites that are club five now but I mean Madonna is one of the original um, old uh, venues and and you know, it's steep. It's it, they also do a, a pretty epic job with the hill prep there. You know, runs right into town. Um, lots of people so jammed cool. into you know funneled in. You know, uh, not slowly coming back. I mean, they're they're getting better and better crowds. I mean, um, the Italians are a bit fickled in terms of when they're doing well and when's when they watch. Um, maybe that's their influence by European football I don't know but um <laughs> uh, you know they don't go to the, they don't go to the stadium when uh you know when uh, uh AC Milan's not winning and anyways it's it's like when Tomba was winning you know they would stuff 40,000 you know spectators into there it's really tight and and I don't know it's was probably you you've been there recently as well but they they redid the finish they yep. redone the hill they have now you know that track you wouldn't think you go there, right? If you just go there for the for the slalom, you think you know you're all tucked down in the bottom, and you know it's a big, it's a huge resort. But now they have uh, you know that track. That's where a downhill finishes and a super G finishes now. So they have a pretty cool setup to run 
um, you know, they've done European Cup speed events in that because the World Cup isn't there every year, although rumor says that it's uh, it's found its way back on the calendar with more, um, you know, again, more of a traditional lock, mm-hmm. so to speak, but um, really incredible bitchin' um, slalom venue. And, and at night, as far as I'm concerned, I think every... Almost every event should be at night, to be quite honest with you. I mean, again, it's it's. Um, I have such a different perspective on the sport now, um, you know, especially as you do business within it. I mean, we need to have an entertainment model also for the resorts. That concludes part one of this episode. Please check your podcast feed for part two.